continue the other good report concerning our audio department situation tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you for that, Father God. Thank you for the favor that you're surrounding us with. Every moment of the day, every step of the way, your favor is all around. Let that favor infuse us, Father God, and infuse our lives. Let it be a part of our daily being and living, the favor of God coming forth. And not just for our own benefit, but for everybody else's benefit, we spread favor from heaven around. We're thanking you for that, allowing us that privilege, Father God. Thank you for the honor of being priests to the Most High God through Jesus' work on the cross, that you've raised us up to sit together in the heavenly places with him in Christ Jesus as the intercessor of the universe. And that we're able to stand in that gap, as it says in Ezekiel. We're able to stand in that gap, and we're able to be the daysman, as it says in the book of Job, between you and the earth, to lay hold upon both of you and bring together through the work of Jesus, the plan of redemption, Father God. Thank you for that and praise you for it. We thank you for that plan that you've laid out in your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you that your word is the perfect ultimate guide and shows us the way and shows us the language of heaven to speak forth, that your word accomplishes everything that you purpose it brings forth the fruit that you plant into this earth, into these lives. We're thanking you for that, Father God, that it's so. It's done. I'm thanking you for the anointing, breaking every yoke, the anointing of the Spirit of God, flowing forth here in location, face-to-face, but also those who are streaming from elsewhere that are in the online plan, Father God. Let that be so. Let it, that anointing break every yoke here. I'm speaking and saying, yokes, be broken in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Be free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Be made whole in Jesus' name. And uh, those of you that are viewing online, you can uh, understand you can do a little uh, input into things or a little feedback. And all that will let Matt know uh, and Jeff know that... Give them the good report. Let's put it that way. We want to hear good reports. We want to be able to post good reports on the website. Uh, In our prayer section there, we want to be able to post great, grand, wonderful reports of what the Lord, you know, like the song says, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He saved my mind, my soul. Glory to God. He saved me just in time. So I'm going to praise his name. That's what we want to do. That's what we're after here. That's what we're after. So those of you joining us online, be blessed with us. Be family with us. Be healed with us. Be whole and be spreaders of that around this earth. Spreaders of the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. We praise you for it, Father, that it's so. It must be so. Lord, you said it in your word in Job, whenever you're a person's in right standing, before you, it, you said, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. And I decree from the north, the south, the east, and the west, those coming to sit at the feet of the Lord, to hear the word of the Lord. There is no famine of the word of the Lord here. So let them come forth to hear the word of the Lord, to receive from heaven through that word. We're thanking you, Father God, that it's so. 
that the angels of the Lord who are sent to minister for those who are heirs of salvation are bringing them in to cross our paths here and letting us touch their hearts and help them to grow. Hallelujah. Up into Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Father God. And, Father God, I'm thanking you also for a request I put in. We did, yes, we had one snowfall with more, more snow falling than all of last winter combined, yes. And it made Dola happy. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. <laughs> but I'm thanking you for listening to my decrees that say no, no more heavy. No more disruption from it, Lord. It's over with. And thank you for the heat wave coming our way this coming week, weekend and week. 30s and above. That's heat wave for here. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and melting all these mountains around here of snow. <laughs> In the name we have the victory we call upon his name. Amen. Amen. You got to understand that this Texas Oklahoma boy is unused to snow being taller than him. <laughs> and my house at the corner where I shovel the driveway is taller than me. So I'm unused to that and get tired of looking at it. So <laughs> hallelujah. And I realize some of you in Siberia are over there saying, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> I actually had a Siberian minister say to me, you don't know what problems are, brother. <laughs> you complain about things here, but he said, you don't know what problems are. <laughs> so I could imagine. Russian teacher would say, "It's not cold. That's interesting. Interesting philosophical input there. It's not cold in Siberia. It's cold. <laughs> you know, we we've been discussing. We wanted to talk about the. We started talking about the point man, right? Weeks back." Addressing men, and it's been pointed out to me this is not strictly a men's meeting, so stop it. So stop talking strictly to men. I wasn't specifically trying to hit men on the head, just address some issues. And, and so I've kind of uh, added in the plan of God, following that plan in our lives, following his will, because so often when I've sat down with different believers and all, one of the things, if they haven't, uh, you know, they haven't really grown and gotten real tall and big and full stature in the Lord. They're still growing. They haven't arrived yet, you see. And there'll be questions. How do I know what God's will is for me? How do I know what plan to follow? How do I know what's his plan? How am I going to do that? How am I going to accomplish that in my life? And most people that care about anything... And actually do any thinking, have those questions arise and have that desire to please God. Now, I can remember uh, the scripture pops up in my mind just now. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because whoever comes to him must acknowledge, determine that he is. And must know that he's a rewarder of the ones who seek him. Who diligently seek him. In other words, they're chasing him. The book, The God Chasers, if you ever read that, it's a good book. Those of you online, that'd be a great book to read. The God Chasers by Tommy Tenney. And he has two or three in the series there. It's really good. And he's a good exhortation he's got for us. But we've got to learn to chase after him to follow his will. Um, okay, Dola. That's, that's my, my queenly. Okay, you can leave me alone out here. <laughs> 
She's texting in the middle of the message here, you see. <laughs> Remember with the plan of God, with the will of God, uh, we talked about some things about how to, how to determine it and knowing we're walking in it, how quite often whenever we get into a specific assignment of our own, we'll find out the, the very first assignment that we have as, as men most of the time, but sometimes a lot of the ladies too now, is to be the point man. You are the lead soldier in your army. And you're also the commanding general in your army, you see, under Jesus. So uh, we, we've got to get into that aspect of living, follow that part of the plan. But what do we do about the other aspects of it? Well, first of all, we, we have to, the, the, the book of Hebrews 12.1 was our foundational scripture. And you remember what it says there, Hebrews 12.1. It says, uh, consider, let's, uh, my brain is got off gear here, but I, I know the scripture by heart because I've read it and, and imbibed it and inhaled it for so many years. Hebrews 12.1. And you all can probably quote it as well. There. Hebrews chapter 12. By chapter 12, you know it's the will of God for the men to make the coffee in the morning, right? Hebrews, right? Okay. You know it's his will by that time, right? <laughs> Hebrews 12, 1. And now for some reason, the page didn't want to turn. Hebrews 12, 1. Uh, therefore... Since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses in the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that, that holds us down, especially the sins that easily jump upon us, and let us run with patience, with endurance, the race that's set before us, considering Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. What's the race? The race is a race of faith. Because, why? The Bible is a big picture. You understand this. 66 books and many of them by different vessels or you, or that he used to, to write them down. But yet they have the same message, actually. It's all one big picture. And it all comes down to this. We had a, something called the Reformation back in the 1400s. Uh, Martin Luther, if you remember nailed the 91 theses on the, the door of the Catholic Church there in town. He was a, a priest. And it says on there to start, the just shall live by faith. Well, that was a big issue back then because, and even today I have Catholic friends that were taught, you're saved by your good works. You're saved by your obedience to good works. And the Bible doesn't say that. You know that, right? The Bible says, "For by grace you are saved through faith. By grace God's riches at Christ's expense. Jesus said, I love you this much and died in your place. He was the perfect, ultimate, substitutionary sacrifice for each of us as humans. And, and so what ends up having to happen is you, like Father Abraham that we sing about in children's church, had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them and so are you. Like Father Abraham, we have to believe God. You can look at Genesis chapter 12. And my hard drive is slow today for some reason up here. But Genesis chapter, you can read it in there where God took Abraham out into the, the twilight of the evening. And he said, look up. Look up and count the stars, Abraham. And here is an old feller 
that uh, his wife has been barren all these years, no children, and God says, look up, count the stars, so shall your descendants, so your seed, so your children be. So, so will your kids be, Abraham. And the Bible says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for right. In other words, he got saved at that moment by his faith, by his trust in what God told him. Because there's no natural way that's going to happen. 90 years old, there's no way he's going to have produced children. You know, so you got to understand that. That's the start of the whole journey right there is faith. By grace, you're saved through faith. What's the faith in? Faith in the Lord Jesus. If you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What does saved mean? It means God's kid. It means you're on your way to heaven. It means you're in the heavenly household, the household of heaven. You have all the legal rights of a child of God. All the inheritance that he promised is yours. You're not a slave looking through the gate from the outside. You're inside. You got inside information, and you are an insider at that point. So God has saved you by faith. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible to please Him. So that's the plan right there. Is we jump in by faith, by trust. That's all it is: is trust and obedience. Back to Father Abraham, uh, trust and obedience. Uh, uh, God says, I want you to sacrifice your only son, Isaac. You see, he had Ishmael, who was a, uh, a half-brother to his actual son, Isaac. Ishmael was the, the son of Abraham and a, a slave woman, an Egyptian woman. And so he was still his child, but yet not on the same basis as his full child of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac. You have to understand that. And, and so... God says to Abraham one day, I want you to take your only son, Isaac, and sacrifice, offer him to me, sacrifice him to me. And you've got to understand this. That's quite a command. Back in that day, it wasn't that out of the ordinary to sacrifice your children in a lot of the religions of the day. And Abraham had been in one of the hotbeds of heathen religion in Ur of the Chaldees. That was his hometown originally. And it was a hotbed of that kind of thing. And they... All kinds of perverted things went on in the mind of people who were steeped in a life of sin, steeped in a life of serving the devil. You know, that, that, that kind of stuff went on in their minds, and it wasn't unusual or out of the ordinary. So it says that Abraham gathered everything together, the, the wood and all the different things, took a couple of servants, got the donkey, said Isaac, they got on their donkeys, went down the road, and they get to the Mount, the Mount uh, Moriah, they get to the mountain that God told them to go sacrifice on. And this is interesting. Isaac looks around and says, Dad, what, son? He says, Dad, I, I see the wood and I, and I see the, 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 the knife and the different instruments. But he says, Dad, we're missing. We don't have a sacrifice. Now, Abraham did, didn't look at him and say, ha, 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 ha. He didn't do that. He said, what did he say? There was faith. If you believe something, what's going to happen? Something's going to come out of your mouth about it. And he says, God will provide a sacrifice. That's in Genesis, right there in the book. God will provide himself a sacrifice. 
I get, I get, I preach about, I get excited about that scene right there, talking about it. You know, you've got Isaac, probably seventeen years old. He's probably a, a stout enough young man; he could defend himself. But he goes ahead, and Abraham says to him, "Get up on the altar, boy." And he binds him up so he can't get off. And and uh, <laughs> I get excited about this. Abraham walks over to the altar. And raises the knife, he's going to sacrifice him. Oh, oh, woo! Yeah, he raises the knife and he hears the Lord say, Abraham! What? Abraham, don't kill Isaac! Whew. No. <laughs> Abraham was prepared. The Bible says he understood that God would raise Isaac from the dead because God had already said, so shall your seed be. He's the only actual son, son, full son of Abraham. And he said, so shall your seed, your descendants be. How's it going to happen without Isaac? So it says he was convinced that he could sacrifice Isaac and God would raise him from the dead. Woo! <laughs> you, you could run the aisles on that, honestly. <laughs> That's an exciting little bit of, of history right there. So it was faith. It was full trust. He, he's sitting there. He's going to obey God no matter what. And so he walks out and prepared to offer his son up as an offering. <laughs> and he gets out. Of, so the Bible says we're to walk like Abraham, the same kind of faith of Abraham, our father. We are the seed. Of it. Isn't that what God said to Abraham? So shall your seed be. Now, Abraham, I'm sure there were a lot of busy boys back then that made lots of kids. But that's an impossible thing for Abraham to have the billions or trillions of like the stars of kids. So what has had to happen? It's a spiritual exercise, a spiritual adoption into the family of God. What is it? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. That's faith. That's That's faith. It's uh, not necessarily now we in the United States have have been imbued or are uh, inundated with the message of Christ through the centuries here of our existence. Founded out as a, a, a nation based upon the principles of the Christ and of the word of God. So we understand that we have this natural we ought to have natural faith because, oh, everybody knows who Jesus is. No, they don't. But I mean, they think they do. Right. It's like a civic deal around the name. Everybody knows about God. I, yeah, I believe in God, yeah. What about Jesus? Well, I, I, I don't know. Tell me about him. <laughs> but, you know, we have a, a type of faith in our country. But you go to other places. There have been places I've been. I mean, they were plum heathens. And I've been in Muslim countries, and they do not grasp or understand that God is love because it's not taught in that religion. In that book, God is not love there to them. So it was such a shocking thing that this Yankee dude, and, and that's fighting words where I'm from because we weren't Yankees down there, but they call us Yankees overseas. That Yankee fella over there, he's I got... I can't stand that baseball team either. <laughs> he's got... That Yankee dude has got this, something inside of him. He's not angry with us. He's not hateful toward mm -hmm. us because we're not like him. He's got something in him, and we don't know what that is. We'd like to know more. They understand. You understand? We come out. We go to these other places. The other places that I've been, 
they have no concept of Jehovah God other than maybe read references to him in our newspapers or something. Oh, yeah, that's their God. You know, that's their Confucius or whatever over there. You know, that's, they don't have any concept. But we have the living God, the real God, Amen. and we must understand by faith that he's real and that he rewards us when we chase him, when we're God chasers. Amen. Why did I get off? That's not on my script. I haven't even got past the first sentence, second sentence of the script here tonight. But that's okay. Holy Ghost, like we said, you're welcome. You're worthy and you're welcome. The plan of God is to step into this life of faith and realize this. Uh, a part of, it talks in Hebrews, there, there's a, I think it's in chapter 6, those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. It talks in Hebrews 11. We started in chapter 12, right? Hebrews 11 is a continuation. It's the base of chapter 12. Do what these guys did in faith. Run the race with endurance, with patience. And it says those who through faith and endurance or patience inherit God's promises. Realize the promises are his plan. The promises are his plan. The promise that you would be like Jesus, that you would be a son of God and not an outside servant or slave of God, but you'd be a son or not an outside as the Jews called them dogs. Remember, the, they, they, they said it's not right to take the children's bread healing and give it to dogs, right? Dogs were the worst thing in the world of those guys. They were wild, mean, rabid, bite you, pariah. steal your food, huh? Pariah dog. Yeah, pariah is a good... Uh, the dogs were a pariah. You know, a pariah is something that you excommunicate, that you, 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 you keep away. You're not, they're not welcome around you. And so you've got these situations of people that would be considered dogs, but yet by faith, what happened? That Jesus said to that woman, woman, your faith, I've never seen faith like yours, your daughter's healed, right? You remember the story that I'm talking about? Jesus said that. And, and so... <coughs> By faith, what are we doing? We're walking, we're running with endurance. The plan, and I'm not even past the third sentence here, Dwayne. <laughs> and there's six pages. <laughs> we're not going to be here. We're going to stay that long. So anyway, by faith, what are we doing? We're running with endurance. The race is set before us, the plan. That's the plan that I'm referring to. There is a race. There is a lane. Remember that? On the track, there are the lanes that we run in, right? And so your race has a lane that's been assigned to you. That you, If you're going to fulfill God's plan, there are things that you have to do. The first thing, 2 Corinthians 4, 2, in stewards, it's required that a man be found faithful. Faithful. 2 Corinthians 4, 2. A man has to be found faithful. If you're going to fulfill the plan, stay in your lane and stay after it. Keep chugging. And one of, one of my, you know, if you're getting tired or whatever, suck it up, buttercup. Some of them like to say, you know, stay at it. So what do we do? We, we stay faithful. We stay in our lane. Let God bring it to pass. You do not want what only you, you bring to pass. I'm telling you that. You don't want your Ishmael. You do not want your Ishmael. You want your Isaac. You want your child of promise is what you want. Uh, you won't come into his full potential for the plan 
for your life next week or next month. So be patient and faithful to allow him to bring it into being. Uh, be faithful to stay in your lane, not the other fellow's lane. Stay out of his because you could get disqualified for that. Take off the excess weights. Uh, now, this is kind of, uh, I'm not sure how this would come across, but back in the day, the Olympic races of the Day of the Greeks, they weren't so worried. Uh, we're, we're more uh, puritanical in our society. Uh, we, I don't want to see your naked body. And I hope you wouldn't want to see mine either. You know, it's just not an attraction to us as a rule, right? So, but, but back in that day, it was no big deal to them. They kind of worshiped the human body. And so it was no big deal. The athletes trained and ran without clothes on. That, to me, that'd be horrible. You could injure yourself with that, you know. <laughs> so anyway, that's what they did. And <laughs> thank you. Strip off the weights and the sins. He was see that you understood. You went to an Olympic race or Olympic events. The the athletes they had to strip everything off to run their race properly so that's the picture the lord is trying to give to us anything that would hinder your race anything that get in the way of your movement to run that race get rid of it and lay it aside okay ephesians five seventeen through 21 what does the lord say be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You understand if God tells you something, you can do that. He would be unfair if he commanded you to do something and you weren't capable of doing that or there was not good possibilities of that happening, right? So be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And then he goes on to keep on and saying, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the lord giving thanks always for all things to god and the father in the name of our lord jesus christ submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of god in the reverence of god not the fright of god but the reverence of god you wouldn't want to offend him because you revere him so highly okay you know, I did, I've said it before, I didn't go off. I was so afraid of offending my mother. I revered her so much that I never got off into the, the teenage partying scene, uh, the teenage fornication scene, the teenage doing the dope or smoking, any of that stuff. I just didn't do it because I didn't want to offend my mama. And, after, and I'd gotten saved, so there was an element that I didn't want to offend the Lord, but I could see my mama. <laughs> And I could see her face it break her heart. See, I could see that, so I didn't want to do that. So I didn't do that stuff. But the Lord is saying here, submit yourselves one to another in the reverence of God, in the fear of God. That's part of his will. Part of running your race is to revere him so highly that you won't do anything that would break his heart, that would offend him. Now, Romans 12, 10 through 11 it says this, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Now, notice that God's word tells us to understand what the will of the Lord is. And he goes on to say, be not be drunk with wine, but be filled with 
the Spirit. It, it's possible to know the will of God for our lives, yes, indeed. But first understand that to know his specific plan for our life, we must be doing his publicly announced will spoken in his word. Kenneth Hagin, I consider him like a spiritual father to me, a mentor. He was my teacher in school for a couple of years and, and many years since. I've listened to him through the years. Uh, he liked to tell us, listen, he said, uh, you go around belly aching to the Lord that you want to know his will for your life and, and you want to know what he wants you to do. But he, he said, first of all, are you doing what he has said to do in his word? Are you following his word and ordering your life according to his word? He said, that's the very first thing you need to do is line up with his word, get hooked into his word, be, as it says in the word, keep on being filled with his Holy Spirit. And as you do that, the specific things will come into your mind, into your being, into your spirit. And you'll know what specifically to do and how you're supposed to do it and when you're supposed to do it. So we need to make sure we're doing his publicly announced will spoken in his word. Amen? Yeah. Missed a wonderful chance to give a big loud amen there. You know that? That was good preaching right there, wasn't it, Miss Betty? <laughs> you know, and that involves, if we're going to do that, we have to continually be filled with his spirit instead of the old wine that he mentions there. That old wine stinks. To me, it stinketh. <laughs> and you, and I, I trained my children growing up I cannot come to you and say the Bible says thou shalt not ever drink a drop of alcohol in your life because it doesn't say that. It says don't get drunk. And it also says in other places whoever makes the mistake of drinking is unwise. So he said there, don't be unwise but understand the will of the Lord. Don't get drunk with wine, with the old wine. Get drunk on the Holy Ghost. Be filled with with that's right don't do that there there are so many there were that were in aa and what have you yeah whatever don't and i taught my children i said look i can't preach to you you'll go to hell for drinking alcohol you because that's not what the bible says but i can say this alcohol is it says don't be unwise alcohol is a poison it literally is spoiled grape juice or spoiled grain whatever that, where they made it from, it's spoiled. It's poison. It's poison to your body. Why deliberately put poison there like that? And then the Bible does say, don't get drunk. I said, so why bother? We didn't bother having this stuff around our house because I didn't want that in front of my kids. And I wasn't tempted by it, but I didn't want them to ever think of being tempted by it, see? So... <laughs> You know, you might, a person might say this. Uh, I was filled with the Holy Spirit way back at that old-fashioned altar on May 30th of 1975, which did happen to me, okay? May 30th, 1975. You know what? We got to keep on, that's why it says keep on being filled in the, in the Koine Greek of that verse. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. Why is that? Well, that's like trying to live on yesterday's manna. You remember the story about the manna that God sent to the, to the Israelites in, in Egypt and out in the desert. Uh, it said if they kept it longer than a day, what would happen? pew it would stinketh. <laughs> and they'd be, they'd be trying to, uh, to throw up over it because it stunk so bad. 
Well, the same thing, to, to rely upon yesterday's Holy Spirit filling doesn't work because it's like the manna. It needs to be fresh and gathered every day. Uh, we need to obey our Bible where it says to keep on being filled with the Spirit for a continually overflowing fullness of the Holy Spirit. That is the Christian life. That's the verse that we quoted First 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Whoever says he knows Jesus as Savior and Lord, whoever says he knows Jesus should walk like Jesus walked. How did he walk here on the earth? He was a man. He could pinch his elbow. He had to squeeze the Charmin like the rest of us, all that stuff. But, but yet he was a man and had a flesh, but yet he was anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit and stayed filled up with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? I think my camera just cut off on me, right? <laughs> because it's 7.30 and we're committed, right, to, to closing the messages down. So we're going to do that now. I've got a few pages. I won't have to type anymore this week, I guess, <laughs> for next week's message. We're going to continue along this vein. We, you know, you know we're actually going along with our Sunday thing about revolution against the ordinary, against the things of the flesh, right? What's the opposite of the flesh? The filling of the Spirit of God. Amen. And that's how we need to live, like Jesus did, filled with the Holy Ghost, walking in the anointing. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father God. Father God, we praise you for your word. We bless your name. We worship you, the living God, the great God, the true God, the only God the only wise God, we thank you and praise you for the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, coming into our lives, filling us up, allowing us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We thank you for that, the sending of the other comforter in our lives. We're praising you for that. And we receive and derive the comforting, the helping, the intercession, all the different aspects of the Spirit of God that were put into our behalf and in our lives. We thank you for that tonight. And we bless you for it. We thank you for this word that went inside of each one of us. This word doesn't return void, but accomplishes what you purpose, that your purpose is being done here in Rockford, Illinois, state line, Father God. And in the lives of those who've joined us online around the world, we thank you that it's happening there, that this anointing has broken the yoke for them, and they're set free by the Son of God. In that name above every name, we shout, Amen! Amen. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. The love of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion friendship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of you. Amen. Amen. Amen.